Today we begin our deep dive officially into the book of Hebrews as we're going to do a verse-by-verse study of Hebrews. That's an expository study in a technical term, and our hope is to try to bring to the surface some rich treasures that will help us in our lives. That's what we're calling it, a deep dive into hope, healing, or hope, help, and healing through the book of Hebrews. Now, it's important that we realize at this particular time that the world, the culture in which we live, truth, uh, especially biblical truth or what we'd call absolute truth that would come from God is not seen to be truth at all because people want to live their own truth. As a matter of fact, there's a whole new website that has been created, uh, not a website, but it's a search engine called Freespoke. And in Freespoke, what you do is you type in what you want to try to know, and then it brings you up three different perspectives on the top page as to what might be true related to that subject matter. So you got, they describe it as the left side, the middle, and the right side. And you probably know what those terms mean from a political standpoint. But... I think it's interesting that when you're looking at something, a fact or a truth or a story, that people can see it from so many different sides. And so if we see, if we see what is really in front of us uh, going on, we try to see it from our own perspective and try to find our own truth in that, then it makes perfect sense for us to understand how people around us are looking for their own truth based upon their own perspective. We've been conditioned to think that truth is relative to our perspective. In other words, it's not true unless we think it's true based upon our experience, our situation, our circumstance. But that leaves no room for absolute truth. And if there's no absolute truth, then we will always just be looking at truth from a kind of a back and forth perspective. It's always going to be changing what truth might be. And that's frustrating. Because really, truth is the other way around. It is not based upon our perspective or relative our our perspective, but our perspective should be relative to what is true. And if it's absolute truth, it means it never changes. If it's biblical truth, it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it will endure beyond any culture, any nation, any time, it will do, endure even into uh, heaven and eternity. But when our truth is relative to our perspective, what happens is we lose the sense of significance of seeing things eternally and exactly. And if we lose the ability to see things eternally and exactly, we're just looking from our own perspective, no wonder it's frustrating. It debilitates us, really. It disables us from being able to think in such a way as to make good decisions. Jesus talked about it in terms of rock and sand. Remember that? If you hear these words of mine and you put them into practice, what are you building your house on? The rock. That's right. And if you hear these words of mine but you don't put them into practice, what are you building your house on? The sand. If you build your house on the rock and the rains come, the winds blow and the waters rise, what happens to your house? 
It stands, but if your house is on the sand and the, wa the, wa the waves come, the wind blows, the, the, the waters rise, what happens? The house falls with a great crash. Now, Jesus has already warned us that we must look at him and his truth as absolute. And that's why Hebrews makes the case as it opens up that Jesus is the significant spokesman, the superior spokesman for God. The significance of Jesus being a superior spokesman is he lets us see things eternally and exactly as they are in the context of eternity. So if you're limited to looking at what's going on in the world today, based on the fact that there's no eternity, there's nothing beyond this, there's nothing greater than us, then all you have, all you have is your own self, your own, um, your own gumption or your own will, your own inner strength, whatever it is you might want to call it. That's all you have to depend upon. You may think you can depend on family, friends, uh, government, whatever it is around us, but we're learning quickly that you can depend upon those things. But if you see things eternally, you know that God's on the throne and he has everything in his hands. And as we learn today, Jesus is sustaining it by his powerful word. It changes your whole perspective of what you're going through. That's why Jesus is described here eternally and exactly because he is the effulgence. That's a $10 word. An engravement of God. Effulgence just means he's the radiance. He's that flash of brilliance, that flash of glory that we can see in our own lives that gives us the hope to continue on. It motivates us. He's the engravement. He's the imprint that God has given us, the example that God has given us as the model that we can follow, which then energizes us. It moves us in our lives by his effective words. That means that anyone who isn't Jesus isn't a superior spokesman or spokeswoman because they will offer only truth-based solutions that are relative to their limited perspective. Now, they may be very good at their whatever it is that they do, health or whatever advice that they give, diet, but their perspective will always be limited because it's a regurgitation or reimagining of the same old stuff. And guess who's in charge of the same old stuff? The devil is. Because he's always trying to manufacture in our lives things that lead to emptiness. He is here to kill, steal, and destroy. So it must be filtered, whatever it is that we're hearing. And I'm not saying that if you have an influencer out there that you follow or someone you like to do their 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 plan for your life, whatever it might be, exercise or diet or the way you think, how you feel, just filter it through the perspective of the Holy Spirit and ask, does this fit, does this match, is this consistent with what Jesus teaches us as our superior spokesman? Now, <laughs> the new year always brings out the opportunity to become the brand new you, right? Are you the new you yet? We're 15 days into the, we're 15 days into January of this new year. How many of you are new, the new you yet? Because we got to work on it. New year, new year. Yeah, Lydia's got uh, bangs, so she's new. See, I just don't even recognize her. So we got the new you, right? We think that we can make a few adjustments in our life and all of a sudden our lives will be changed so much for the better. 
We have ads and posts and programs. And right now we have a lot of people we're going to call health influencers out there who uh, want to coach us to make our lives healthier. And they, uh, seem to be, they seem to get a lot of followers. This is one lady. Her name is Summer Ray. She's worth $8 million because advertisers will pay her because she has Twitter and Instagram and whatever other kind of followers uh, when she talks about how to be healthy in your life. Now, it's a good gig if you can get it, but does, do health influencers really have our best interest at heart? I think we've gone from listening to trusted, inspired speakers that we used to call prophets to listening to tantalizing, inspirational self-promoters. They monetize their influence by promoting products to their millions of followers on Instagram and YouTube. And the big difference between prophets and promoters is the prophet will tell you what, God, what change God seeks in you, even if it costs them their lives while the promoter will tell you what change they seek in you and charge you for the service. Could there be a conflict of interest there? But we have a spokesman from God, and this is the point of Hebrews makes. We have a spokesman from God. He's superior to the angels, and the angels were God's messengers. The word angel just means that. His perspective is the only one we can truly trust that will make changes in our lives that will last and be effective. That's why Hebrews chapter 1, 1 through 3. Did anybody memorize this, by the way? Hebrews chapter 1, 1 through 3. In the past, God spoke to us or spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And after he had made provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Let's do a deep dive into these verses to see if they can help us. First of all, in the past, God spoke to us in a certain way. He's talking about this in a historical sense, a biblical sense. You might think about the Old Testament through the prophets and the messengers that spoke through them. Uh, God identifies here as uh, angels in a sense. But it was prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, which we're in the last days, the last days are any days after Jesus Christ went into heaven and until he returns. Those are the last days technically. He is spoken to us by his son, Jesus. Jesus is the one who has been appointed as the heir of all things, and he is the maker of all things. So we need to listen to him because he sustains us by his powerful word. Now, if that's not enough to convince you that you should be listening to Jesus exclusively when it comes to ever mad of your life, I don't know what I could say to you to convince you. Jesus is superior to any other messenger to which we might listen because in these days, he is the OG, which... Street terminology just means the original. Some people say original gangster, but it's, a ref it's uh, applied to a lot of things. So when Betty White was described as the OG, I don't think they meant she was a gangster. She was just an original whatever. He is the OG who can motivate us with his flashes of glory of what we can be. That's effulgence, that flash of glory. 
who can model for us by his perfect example how to do it. That's the engravement. God has stamped on him the exact representation of his being. And if we follow and become like Christ, then we are following in that same pattern. And then move us through the energizing word to realize it in our real life, in our everyday. And he provided the process of purification so that we can become the best version of ourselves we can be. He provided the purification system. And so God said, your work's done. Come sit at my right hand. Now we're going to let your word do the rest of the work. You want to make real changes in your life which last and are effective? Then I'd say whatever else you're listening to, make sure you're also listening to Jesus. When we break it down, we know Jesus offers us clarity more than anything else. And since he offers us clarity, I think it's important that we make the commitment to seek it from him. If Jesus is not our motivator, who is motivating us with flashes of glory, if Jesus is not our model, whose example, um, whose, our, whose example we are following, and if Jesus isn't moving us through his energy or word, then who is moving us by their words and ideas? Somebody is. Otherwise, we wouldn't look to outside sources to try to encourage us, to give us ideas how we can fix things in our lives. Now, there are certain areas that I'm completely uh, unprepared to address, and so I will look at manuals. There are experts, like cars, things like that. Or if you're tinkering at home, one thing about YouTube now is you can always find somebody who has tried to fix something. And if they start out by saying, now this is my first time, you might see if you can find a better expert, but normally those experts cost money. But if we really want to see clarity, we'll go to the expert. And Jesus is the expert on everything relating to our lives. Jesus must be our motivator. He must be our model. He must be the one who moves us. Otherwise, we're listening to someone else to do those things. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10 warns us, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces, spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. There is no greater authority than Jesus. And when he speaks to us, he speaks to us in such a way through his word and by what he modeled to us, such power in our lives that we can transform. Isn't that what he promises? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There are a lot of folks out there struggling right now. That's why the rise of mental health influencers on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, are getting more and more um, prevalent every day. Did you know the CDC reported that 41% of Americans after the pandemic suffer from at least one, one behavioral health issue that is a definable and diagnosable mental health issue, 41%. Now, do you think all those people are coming to church to see what Jesus has to say about their frustration, their fear, whatever it might be? Probably not. Church attendance is kind of going down, going in a 
different direction, although there are signs that it's starting to make a comeback. As people tried all these other ways and they're finding them empty, the truth is, is that Jesus is the best mental health influencer we can have because he helps us see exactly what's going on in the world and exactly what we are in it. And if you can get a sense of really who you are and God knows that, Christ knows that, and you can find peace in that, that's what the whole book of Hebrews is about when it talks about entering into his rest. We no longer have to work to find salvation. Jesus provides that salvation for us. It's done. Just enter it. You can live in peace. You can live in that rest if you will enter it. We'll talk a little bit more about that towards uh, when we get into chapter 2, entering that rest. Jesus is the perfect mental health influencer that we need to seek. And we need to avoid those who might draw us into deceptive philosophy because they don't really care about us. They're part of that same machinery which needs clicks and likes and views and so that they can monetize that attention and affirmation that they're receiving from us and then they, uh, they can live off that. So he offers us clarity, so seek it. He also gives us hope, so we should seize that. Think about your latest fa failure. Whatever it was this week, you, I know we've. I know every one of us sinned doing something, and it has to be one of those things where you realize you've been trying to break that. Now, this time of year, there's a lot of suggestions about things that we do that are harmful to us, uh, from our diet to our exercise, lack of exercise, to our debt, whatever it might be. And so, there are a lot of examples you can come up with today. But think about something that you failed at, your latest failure. And then reverse engineer it a little bit. And I want you to reverse engineer it based upon 1 John chapter 2, 15 through 17, which says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. And when you re re reverse engineer your failure, do it this way. Look for this pattern that God talks about in 1 John. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. What pleasure were you seeking to achieve when you failed? Now, we all have these desires. We all have what we call needs or wants or the Bible describes it as these pleasures that we're seeking to fulfill in our lives. And there are ways that God says that we are to do that, but then there's the lust of the eyes that comes about. That's the passion where we start to look at alternatives other than the one God has already given us to fulfill our passions or our pleasure. We start looking at alternatives. You know, That's where influencers might come in. Might, they might say, well, this, this is something that you can do, and it will really help you, and it will be good for you, and then you know it really is not something that God wants you to do. But your eyes are telling you that it might work for you, so you'll try it. And then the third thing here is the pride of life where you say, and I think I can handle it, even if it is you know, right there on the edge of being wrong. I can handle it. I can always 
come back. Now, here's the problem with any failure is they always fit into this, this, this little component, this dynamic of pleasure, passion, and pride of life. So reverse engineer failure, and before you do that again, stop and ask yourself, okay, what pleasure am I really trying to address through this? Am I tired? Am I in need? I have, we, we have all kinds of things that, we, that our body uh, says that we need. What pleasure are trying to address? And then think about how God has already given you an opportunity or a way to meet that pleasure. And then when you start thinking about, well, well should I look around, what's the answer? If I'm looking around for alternative, what should the answer be? Say it. No, don't look. Just say, I understand that my eyes can be deceiving to me, and I'll see things that other people are doing, and I'll think, hey, they're doing it. They seem to be like they're doing all right. And then where pride kicks in, we say, oh, and I can handle this. I'm pretty sure I can. And then the next thing we know, we're feeling guilt and shame because we've failed once again. The Bible teaches us here to choose to love the will of God, his principles, over the pleasure, the I want it, the passion, I see it, and the pride, I can handle it. Now, how does just accepting the fact that you want to do it God's way help you? When you say, I'm going to be motivated by my love for the will of God and his principle, what you're saying is God's already seen ahead, he's already seen behind, and he knows what I'm going through right now. And if I trust in him and I follow his principle, then everything will work out the best for me. That's what it means to follow the principle of God. If you love the world, you'll say, well, God, I, I know what your principle is, but I'm going to try it my way today. I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my pleasure, figure out what it is. I'm going to let my eyes direct me to some alternative than what you provided for me. And I'm going to think that somehow I can handle it through my pride. God gives us hope, and he gives us hope through principle and through his will. And that's why John says, just do the will of God. The world and its desires are going to what? Pass away. But the word of God, it exists, it lives for how long? Forever, right? So which one is the sustaining one? It's the will of God we find in the voice of Christ as our spokesman. Now, there are a lot of physical health influencers out there. This, a lot of this happens when, with diet, for instance. Like, if you're on a diet, the word diet means that you are going to watch what you eat, you know, what your intake is. Maybe exercise will be a part of that. But now you're hearing people say, don't say the word diet, because what's the, the biggest part of diet? Die. You're going to die. That's right. Instead of having a diet, get on a live it program. Because if you live it, that means that it's something that will bring you to life. Now, what is it that can really bring us to life? Who is it that really brings us to life? More than anyone else, Jesus does. And that's why we have to look to him as our superior spokesman, by doing his will. Then we need to understand that he provides us encouragement. So we got to speak that. Jesus as the superior spokesman. He energizes all the things in this world through his word, through what he says. So guess what we get to do to be a part of that? We get to be repeaters. We repeat it. We say it. 
And when we say his words to the people who are around us, it energizes their lives as well because only he's the only person that's way superior to the angels is God's uh, superior spokesman who sustains all things by the power of his word. Now that's just not a metaphor. It's a practicality. And we have the opportunity to speak encouragement to others and that will energize their life as a matter of fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 through 16 talks about it. It says, it is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore we speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you for, to himself. And all this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow in the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. Renewed by what? Renewed by his word. As we hear it and as we do what? Speak it. Say it. And when we do that, it creates an overflow of thanksgiving and glory to God because it begins to change people's life. And if there's one thing that the devil loves to do is silence believers, silence Christians, silence Jesus. Try to silence him because he knows then in that vacuum he can do whatever he wants. Listen, we long for spiritual health. We have those who are our spiritual health influencers. Uh, only these days they're not found in the pulpits of churches. I looked at the top 50 on Instagram that are considered the top 50 health influencers in the country right now. Guess how many pa pastors were there? Well, there, were, there were maybe two. And then when you look at their credentials, you're not really sure whether they're pastors or not, but they called themselves pastors. You see, we're looking for health advice when it comes to spiritual matters from all kinds of different sources. But are we really listening to the ones? And I, again, whatever the pastor says, you have to make sure you're checking it as well. He's not perfect. But he's trying to bring the good news, the word. That's our commitment here is to bring the good news, the word, so people can be changed. We believe in spiritual health. We believe that transforms every other aspect of life. And we believe that we need to speak it. But we just can't speak it here. It can Go through here and hit those back walls and come back to me. But if it's not going into your ears and into your hearts, that you then speak it to the people around you, your family, your friends, your coworkers, those your neighbors, whoever you spend time with, then it's losing its value. It doesn't come back void, but it's losing the opportunity that God has given you to speak that into other people's lives to change them. Now, the reality here is that Jesus is our superior Savior who provides significant structure and solutions because he made the significant sacrifice to provide a significant stability and sanctity by being our significant sanctuary, which significantly sanitizes and secures us so we can overcome our significant struggles. That's Hebrews in a sentence. Now, you can memorize that as, long, as well as the other verses that we're trying to memorize, just like, with, with uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. If 
you look on the back of your bulletin that we handed out today that has the information on the front, there's a daily thing that you can do to just get these verses in your head. You can share that with someone if you wanted to, and if there's some extras, just take those home and pass them out or talk to people about what you're learning in this. But our perspective must be relative to the truth that we hear from the superior spokesman God has given us, and that is Jesus. Because only through Christ, God's spokesman, will we find truth which guarantees our health. Now God, he's all about taking good care of us. He's our father. He loves us. And the other thing that we find about Hebrews, it says over and over again, is that he cares so much about us that he sent his son Jesus. And Jesus went through all these things so that he could be significant in our lives because God loves us and he wants to help us. Again, we find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need at his throne that we can come to with confidence. Why would he want us to be able to do that? Because he cares about our health. And if you're thinking about your new you for this year, I encourage you to do whatever, you know, if you're doing exercise or diet or whatever, that's fine. I'm not trying to discourage you from those different things, but just make sure that you are letting Jesus help you as well because he is the original spokesman of God. And he's the one that energizes our lives more than any others. Just be careful of any other influencers that you might listen to. Jesus is our superior spokesman. Hear ye him. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful today for this opportunity to begin our deep dive in the book of Hebrews and understanding that Jesus is your spokesman. He's the one that in these last days, until he returns, you send him back. He's the one that we got to listen to. He's the one that sustains everything by his powerful word. He's the one that created the universe with you. He's the heir of all things. When he returns, every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess him as the king of kings and lord of lords. So tell he returns, Lord, help us to be committed to listening and speaking. Help us to listen to his teachings, Father. To promise to do the will of God, to live by principle. Not by our passions, not by our pleasure, not by our pride. But to live by your principle, your word. And as we study the New Testament, we study the book of Hebrews, we'll dig more and more into what that means as far as the word is concerned. But help us to make a commitment today to say with our heart and our mind, Lord, I want to do your will, follow your word, your principle. Transform me through that as I listen to Jesus, your superior spokesman. Father, I'm just grateful as I've done my study to realize that there are not a thousand different resources that we need to look to to find health. There's not a thousand different things that we need to try to consider when it comes to our hope and our healing, that you're ready to help us right now and you do so through your word, through your promise, through your church. Use us, all who are here, use us this week as spokesmen for you. We're not the superior spokesman, but you do tell us to go speak for you. 
So help us think of someone right now that needs to be encouraged. Maybe they're frustrated by whatever that's going on in their life. Help us to have the opportunity just to speak to them about Jesus. Say, listen, Jesus can help you. Whatever your problem is, he can help you. Reach out to someone and share this promise. Thank you for allowing us to be here today, Father. To come together as your family, to worship, to commune, and to hear the word. Bring us back again as a family with even more folks join us as we share this good news. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our superior spokesman. Let all God's people say.